Thanks, Danica. Listen, it's good to, good to be back together again. Um, who is ready for the holidays to be done? Because they are, right? Um, it, it is nice to be home. There's no place like home. I, 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 <laughs> I, had, a, I had a friend, Mark, give me this hat uh, today, and I, I feel like it's appropriate to read it. You won't be able to read it if I hold it up. It could pastor warning, and then in smaller letters under that, it says, anything you could say or do could be used in a sermon. So just remember that. Um, I'm going to put that over there with my stuff. I, I, I probably should wear that this morning, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. That is true, especially for my family. And, uh, and so anyway, it's good to be back together. I do want to highlight just two things really quickly. First off, I am excited about our week of prayer and fasting. It starts next Sunday, the 14th through the 21st, and here's what I want to just encourage you to do, uh, and we'll have some specific instructions on this next Sunday about what we're praying about, what we're fasting about, but maybe you've never fasted before, and that's totally fine. It's something that you can do, something you can kind of dip your toe into, so to speak, but I, I think everyone in this room, everyone that's a part of Hope Church, even those that aren't here today, could do it, and um, and it's it's just basically saying, God, my you are more important to me than my basic needs. So you pick a food, you pick a meal, you pick a thing, and you say, this week I'm going to fast from this, from these things, and I'm going to replace it with some time with God. And here, here's the big thing. If we're, if we're just fasting to fast, we're on a diet. But if we're fasting for spiritual purposes, it can be a really powerful thing individually for us and uh, for our church. And so take advantage of that. And then you heard Danica mention uh, our volunteer appreciation dinner. We have about 65 to 70 people that serve in various capacities here at Hope Church, and we just want to honor you and love on you that night, and so put that on your calendar for January the 28th. Let me just ask this question to get us started. I'm excited about this new series we're starting today called Living My Best Life. Now, I've got to be really honest with you. Um, I hate this term. I, 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 and, and if you say it, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. It's this kind of millennial slogan that's become popular within the last two years. You see it all over social media. You hear it in, in dialogue, people talking about living their best life and, and trying to live their best life. And there's even commercials for uh, cruise vacations. There's commercials for um, hotels and motels and lodging that put it in there. And it's just this term that's been kind of thrown out there that people are trying to pursue their best life. And on the surface, there's really nothing wrong with that. Hey, we want to do all that we can to make the most of this life that we've been blessed with, that God has given to us. But hearing that term thrown out, best life, best is kind of a really broad term, isn't it? Because your best and my best could be two very different things. What's best for you? What's best for me? What's best for your neighbor? It could all be so different. And if we're comparing best, that means comparison has entered the room, and that always begins to be a dangerous thing. Because usually when we compare, we see something that someone else has that we don't. And then that creates feelings inside of us that probably aren't healthy and aren't the best for our life. And so we're going to go on this journey through the month of January through this series called Living My Best Life. But I said it's not necessarily a bad thing, but what if, as a follower of Jesus, we just said, you know what? Whatever my best life is, and, and we'll equate it to what was termed in this 
coined many, many decades ago called the American Dream, whatever that is, whatever your best life is, what if we kind of flipped that around and said, I want to be about a kingdom life, about God's kingdom, about his purposes, because I'd, I'd love to be able to say I can live my best life. And that you can live your best life and you can work really hard and you can be wise and you can spend your time doing important things. But, but if I'm being really honest, the best life that Kevin Beachy can live versus the best life that God can give me aren't even comparable. They, they, don't, they don't even compare. They're, they're not even the same ballpark. And so what if rather than living our best life, it really involves about living a kingdom life, a kingdom-minded life. Life. I want to take you to a really familiar verse, John 10.10. 10. And one thing that's really interesting about this passage of Scripture, in, in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about shepherding. And we hear that and go, what? He's talking about him being a good shepherd and about how, how, what shepherds do and, and how they take care of their flock. And he, he's talking about this all throughout John chapter 10. And then he just detours. He just he takes a left turn, so to speak, in this one verse, and then he goes back to talking about shepherding. But this is what this verse says. In the midst of this talk about he's the good shepherd, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And the NIV version says to give them an abundant life. And that word that's used there for abundant, it's translated in the NLT, rich and satisfying life. It, the, the Greek word is, is the word zoe, and uh, it just means over and above or super or more added to than necessary. It's like when you go to a restaurant and they, they give you a little extra helping of whatever you've ordered that always feels good. This is kind of like an extra helping of Life, surpassing, uncommon, are some of the, the synonyms and the words that are used to describe this Greek word that's put in there. So Jesus has come to give us this abundant life, and so many times we equate that to stuff, and to things, and to material possessions, or maybe money, or whatever the case may be, but, but it's, it's way bigger than that. It's larger than that. Um, it's an abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And so I want to just ask you this question, is this the life that I am living? When you think about 2024, when you think about what's happened in the past, when you think about what you want to do in the future, is this abundant life the life that I'm experiencing right now? And if I'm not experiencing it, why? And if I am experiencing it, how can I lean into more of what God has for me and what he wants to do in me and what he wants to do through me? In this journey of life that he has given me. See, uh, living my best life may concern where I get to go on vacation. Or um, the memories I get to make. Or the money I get to make. But living a kingdom life is not about what you get, but it's really about what you give. It's, it's not about what we can build for ourselves. It's about how, how can I help build God's kingdom, and how can I put his desires, his wants, his will for my life first? Let's look at a scripture together, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You'll see it on the screen. Um, this is Paul talking to this church in Ephesus, and, and, and he, he says this in kind of the middle of the book. He says, now all glory to God who is able 
through his mighty power at work within us, we're going to come back to that, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Another version says, to exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. The first part of that verse talks about God's mighty power at work within us. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit living inside of us that God has given to us. If you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. God's working inside of you. And because his mighty power is working inside of you, you can accomplish more than anything you might ask or think. But that only happens when we line our will up with God's will. When we try to do it on our own, when we try to, when I say, okay, I want this verse to be true for me, but I want it to be Kevin's will, it doesn't seem to work. We hit roadblocks, and, and, and we hit frustrations, and we face disappointments. And so as, as we're kicking off this series, I, I've, been, I, I've just been struggling. What is, what is the best way to start this series? And we're going to talk about some different things in the coming weeks but here's what God kind of dropped in my heart, and this is probably back in November as, as we were getting started with this series. This whole thing about living a kingdom life or living my best life or doing all that I can starts with one word, and it's this. It starts with surrender. It starts with surrender. That is the starting point. It's the baseline. It's the foundation. Um. There's a quote that says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And um, that, that quote right there makes a really, really good TED Talk. Um, I, I'm a big TED Talk fan. I, I love watching uh, different communicators speak. And some of the things you hear at a TED Talk are really interesting me, to me. And, and they challenge me and they inspire me. And it's, but that, that makes a really good TED Talk. In fact, last Christmas, Crystal bought me this series, which I need to g- dig into more, of of uh, TED Talks, and just a big old series of them, and I could spend hours probably going through this thing. But Life Begins at the End of Your Comfort Zone is a, is a, is a really good TED Talk, but it's also a, a really good thing when it comes to allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And it starts with surrender. Because our lives and the way that this world operates, God works on a different playing field. Who's thankful about that? Um, <laughs> The, the rules that apply in this world don't apply to God. I mean, he set them up. He created them, many of them. Um, but uh, they don't apply to him. He can work in and above and outside those rules and those, those lanes. And so I want his Holy Spirit working in my life. But the only way the Holy Spirit's going to work in your life or my life is if we get to a point where we say, God, I, I'm just surrendering. I don't have all the answers. I, I, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what... My health is going to look like. I don't know um, what challenges I'm going to face this year. But God, I, at, the, at the beginning of 2024, I'm going to surrender because that's the starting point. If we don't get there, we're not going to get anywhere. If we don't start there, we will not get anywhere. It starts with surrender. See, we like methods and steps, but God likes faith and trust. And sometimes those things don't always line up. And I, I, listen, I love methods and steps. I like checking boxes. I like going, hey, this is what needs to happen to get to here. I think that's a wonderful thing. Some of you are wired that way. Uh, some of you are wired that way to the, to the very top of the spectrum. And that, listen, we need people like that in our life. But that's not how God's wired. God likes faith and he likes trust. He also likes action and, and things that can 
uh, allow us to get where he is pointing us to go. This kingdom life that we're talking about today, this best life that we can live, um, rarely is a straight line. And it, it rarely is, this is where I am, and I've committed my life to God, and now my life just goes like a plane taking off, right? It, it hardly ever happens that way. If you could see the, on a graph my spiritual journey from where I am when I started my relationship with Christ to where I am now, all these years later, it's like this. Maybe you're not that way. God bless you, but I am. It's like this. It's, the, it's these great hills and then these valleys and these questions and, and, and maybe some of these accomplishments and then God does some wonderful things and then I'm back going, God, what are you up to? Because this doesn't make sense. It's rarely a straight line. If it was a straight line, I think a lot of us would be in, in for the ride a lot easier because it just would be easy. I'm just kind of lean. One of my favorite things about flying is takeoff. And some of you don't like takeoff. Some of you don't want to look out the window. Some of you just want to, you know, you, you're taking, who knows what you're taking, Ambien and maybe other things to, to, <laughs> to get past takeoff and the whole flight. But I, I love flying and I, I love the takeoff. Man, if our, if our spiritual journey was like that, we just took off and just kept going higher and higher without any turbulence, without any drops. We don't want drops on a plane. Um, and it would, be, it would be a lot easier. But that's not the life that God's called us to. It's not the life that he's even promised us. We like methods and steps. God loves faith and trust. And, and I, I've come to understand this. Just when I think I have this life figured out, Something comes along, a new challenge, maybe a setback, a tragedy, a struggle, a job change, a relationship that's dying, I, I mean, a health report that I wasn't expecting. Whenever I think I have it figured out, just, just fill in the rest of that sentence with something, and maybe you feel the same way. I, I love what the book of Corinthians says. It says that all of the promises of God... Listen, if you're looking to do a new study in your own personal devotions, maybe at the beginning of this year, I think a, a fabulous one to do would be, I want to just dive into all the promises of God that are in Scripture, the promises that he makes to those that are following him. And that would be a powerful thing to study. But Corinthians says this, that all the promises of God from Genesis to Revelation are yes and amen because of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That, that means when Jesus was on the cross... You remember, he's getting ready to die, and he, he's faced the torture and the ridicule and the, the weight of all our sin is on him. And he says those three words, it is finished. And that right there is the, is the starting point for the promises of God being yes and amen, being fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Now, salvation, sometimes we look at salvation as this fire insurance. that we, Hey, I'm, I'm protected from hell. I'm not going to hell. I'm, I'm in a good place, you know, I can just kind of do my own thing through life. And, and, and we look at it that way, but that's not what it was designed for. Jesus said, I, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There are so many things that we miss out on in this life because, because we don't receive what God has for us. Peace and comfort and challenge and being used for him. See, the, the Bible says that God has given us everything for life and godliness. Everything that we need, he's given to us. And, and he saved you and I not just for heaven. And that's going to be a wonderful thing. And I know many of us are ready to get there. Like, God, just, just uh, I'm ready to go. 
I'm ready for you to return. I'm ready for you to call me home. And that's your, that's your heart's desire. But he didn't just save you for heaven. He saved you for right now. And he saved me for right now. That we would accomplish something for him on this earth. That we would shine his light. That we would show his love. That we would impact other people. One of the things about the holidays, Christmas in particular, maybe New Year's a little bit, but Christmas, is it's become, and I was talking with a couple people this morning about this, it's become so commercialized and it's just all about this and this and this and this and this and this. And, and we can so forget the real heart and the meaning of Christmas. God, God came and he wants to use us in ways for us to shine our light in this world. And if we're going to live our best life, if we're going to live a kingdom life, our light has to shine. And so um, we, can have a, we can have a Sunday only faith where you just kind of go, well, I'm just kind of doing this thing. And we can play it safe or we can lean into God's kingdom and say, God, how do you want to use me? What do you want to do in my life? Uh, here, I wish that I could grow just being comfortable. But we don't grow that way, do we? And we grow when things are hard. We grow when we're facing challenges. Some of you, I'm sure, have, have made this a New Year's resolution or promise or whatever you want, term you want to give it to get to the gym. Any people who, or to exercise more? There's not many hands going up in this room. Um, <laughs> that's like going to shape what we talk about next week. We're going to go to. Yeah. Let's just pretend that we're all going to the gym more. Um, but you know, if you, if you, if you, if you want to get your body into shape, you don't do it from the comfort of your couch. You don't do it from the comfort of, the, uh, of the, the easy chair in the living room with the clicker in hand. I mean, if we did it that way, we'd be the healthiest nation in the world. Um, you got to go to the gym and, and you got to stra- train your, your, your body and strain your muscles and, and work them. And you, you work them almost to exhaustion and then they grow a little bit more. But the same is so true spiritually speaking that our greatest opportunities for growth is when we're going through incredible challenge. Um, and it requires our will it, it, to surrender. It, it requires our will. And it's, it's like this wrestling match in our mind and our soul goes on with, am I going to lean into what God's will for my life is or am I going to do my own thing? We were able to, uh, while we were visiting my parents in Virginia over the holidays, we were able to go up to Pennsylvania and see some of my cousins, cousins that I haven't seen in like 10 years. And so that was, that was a wonderful thing. But I was talking with one of my cousins who's about, He's eight to ten years younger than me. And he goes, I remember Grandpa and Grandma, you used to take us down into the basement and wrestle with us. And I'm thinking, really? I did that? I don't remember that. That was a long time ago. He goes, yeah, we would go down into the rec room and you would wrestle with us. And it it was always this back and forth and mess around and and body slam us. I don't think I ever did that. But um, (laughs) they they weren't hurt. There was no blood. And so um, that's how it is. our, our will, it's the, it, it requires our will to surrender to God. It's like this wrestling match between our mind and our, and our soul. Luke 17, tells us this. Jesus said these words, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. Now, there are a lot of people in our world that are clinging to their life. They're holding on with both hands. They're holding on for dear life. And Jesus said, if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you let your life go, if you line your will up with what my will is for you, you will save it. Luke 17, 33. Surrender. Surrender really is a release of control. And 
<laughs> we like to be in control, don't we? If you're a control freak, raise your hand. If you're married to a control freak, raise your hand. No, <laughs> we're not going to start the year off with those things. If you raise your hand both times, you might have some issues. Anyway, <laughs> surrender is releasing control. <laughs> we like to be in control, but surrender says, God, I, I'm not in control. You're in control. And not only am I, 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 not only am I uh, recognizing that you're in control, I'm, I'm, I want to release my life for you to control it and your will to be done in me. And when we get to that place, I mean, that helps us live in a way where God's best and his purposes can function in our life. Hebrews 13, 15 talks about giving a sacrifice of praise. Um, and, and I think a wonderful way to think about that is surrendering our will and wants to what God wants and what God wills for us. I, I know some of, some of us maybe didn't grow up in church. We didn't grow up um, going to church, or maybe we grew up in a different church experience. But, you know, when... when during the worship times, if you see people raising their hands during worship, that's just a simple sign of surrender. It's a simple sign that says, God, I, I'm surrendering my comfort level and to your will and what, you, what brings you glory and what brings you praise and what brings you honor in my life. And so, but let's, let's just be really honest. Sometimes surrendering can feel like losing. Sometimes surrender can feel like losing, and I'll be the first in line to say I don't like to lose at things. Maybe, maybe some of you are competitive in that way. I, I don't like to lose. Second place is not close to first, it's last. Uh, and, and, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. that's not in my notes. It's funny because <laughs> as Americans, we don't like to be second at anything, do we? We want to be the best. We want, to, we, want, we want to be first at everything. And it, that's entered even the church world, especially in the South, right? Just in the South, you can go through any town in the South and you have First Baptist, you got First Methodist, you got First Assembly of God. You don't see Second Baptist. I mean, you see occasionally. Okay, no one wants to line themselves up to be Second Baptist. We're Second Baptist. No, First. If we can't be First Baptist, we're going to be First uh, free will Baptist, and that way uh, we can have two. Any, anyway, that's a, you, I'm 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 picking at the Baptists, but they they've got more first churches than, than anyone, so that was just an easy. Uh, and listen, the first Baptist churches are wonderful. I'm I'm gonna get in trouble. This is recorded. We don't like to be second. Surrendering can feel like losing, but I I, I just want to submit to you today that um, it's actually winning in God's kingdom. And here, here's how that plays out in our life. God wants us to forgive, but wow, that person really hurt us. That person damaged our life. That person damaged our reputation. That person damaged our future. And if we offer them forgiveness, it feels like we're somehow losing. We're letting them off the hook. But God just simply tells us this. Listen, if you're not going to forgive those who have hurt you, I, I'm not going to offer you my forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but I desperately need God's forgiveness. What about releasing relationships? Maybe there's a relationship that in 2024 you need to kind of take a step back from because it's not healthy. And you go, I don't know that I can do that because that feels like I have less than I had before. And yet when we surrender our lives to God, he, he 
sometimes calls us to that. What about fasting? We're getting ready to do fasting, and, and I don't know what that's going to be for you. Um, but when you think about fasting, you think about maybe no coffee or no sugar, or you have to eat fruits and vegetables, or um, you're like, I I'm not going to be on social media for, for this week, or whatever it may be. And it's just simply saying, God, I love you, and I prioritize you more than my, the most basic human needs that I have in my life. I, I want to just give you really quickly this morning in the last 10 minutes or so, three ways that we have to surrender. Um, if we're really going to start with surrender, when it comes to living the life that God wants us to live, living our best life, so to speak, but living it for his kingdom and his purposes. The first one is this, and, and you've seen it on the screen for a little bit. It says, surrender yourself. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you need to be at church every Sunday. If any of you wants to be my follower, uh, you need to be a good neighbor. I mean, these are things that are packed into this, but it says if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Can I tell you that's hard to do sometimes? I want my own way. I want it when I want it. I want it how I want it. Um, you know, Burger King is one of the worst fast food restaurants around. But, but they had a great, that's just a personal opinion. Uh, but, but they had a great slogan, have, have, have it your way. Because that taps into our, our man, the, our mindset, especially in America, but just as human beings. We want it our way when we want it. And, and Jesus just said, listen, if you want to be my follower, you're going to have to give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. See, we read that, and, and we're really comfortable with the cross, and because some of us have it in jewelry, whether earrings, necklace, maybe we have a tattoo of the cross. Um, the, the cross is, is all throughout our culture, and we're comfortable with the cross, but we lose the context of what's really happening here. Um, when, when the first reader, when Jesus said this and they heard this, it would be like, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up the gallows or take up the electric chair or take up the firing squad. It was this symbol of, of how they dealt with people that had committed crimes and things that, that the result of that was death. Here's the thing that I know about resurrection. Resurrection requires death. Before you can be resurrected, death has to happen. And that, that's one of the symbolic, powerful symbolic things about being baptized in water after you've committed your life to Christ. It's this idea of, hey, I was, I was dead in my sin. I was powerless to overcome it. But as I come up out of the water, being immersed in the water, it's, I, I have this new life because of what Jesus did for me. His death on the cross and his resurrection. And now I'm joining him with that. The cross can be a myriad of things in our life, and it, it really is a battle of our wills. But we have to surrender ourselves, and that, that can be hard sometimes. As you read through Scripture, Jesus is, is a, a multitude of things, and I want to just clarify what I'm saying. You read about him being the lion, and we like that, the lion of Judah, this powerful, all just encompassing strength and power and uh, finesse and just who he is. He's the lion, but he's also the lamb. And we like that thought too because we needed, we needed a sacrifice for our sins to be made, and he's the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. He's the lion and he's the lamb, but you know, I want to ask this of all of us today. Is he our Lord? 
Because we make him Savior because, well, he's saving us from something, and that's, we're so thankful and grateful and humbled for that. But he's also our Lord, which means his will, his way for our life. It starts with surrender, and we have to start with surrendering ourselves. Another surrender point that we have, the second one is just simply this, surrender our relationships. And this, this can be really challenging. In Luke chapter 6, I want to read some, a, a passage of scripture. Jesus was communicating. This is what he says. But to you who are willing to listen, I sometimes wonder if he said words like that if he was thinking about the church. If you who are willing, if you really, if you really want to hear this, if you're really willing to listen to this, I say love your enemies. Well, God, I don't, I don't know about that. Do you know that person? <laughs> They're my enemy and they are hard to love. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. Um, if someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. And here, here's, here's all of this wrapped up into one verse. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I have relationships in my life that are really easy. Did I, that bring me joy? That bring me comfort? That bring me fulfillment? That I look forward to being with these people? And those are not hard relationships to surrender to the Lord. But maybe like you, I have some relationships in my life that aren't really easy. I don't always get along with them. I don't always like them. They frustrate me. They disappoint me. And yet God's calling me and calling all of us that are following him to surrender our relationships to him. Give them a dose of of what you want. This passage in, in Luke 6 is hard to read and think, wow, that God, he's, he's asking a lot of us right there. And, and I don't know about you, when, when I read scripture, sometimes we would like it all to be warm and fuzzy like Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, listen, I, I've got great plans for you and, 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 and this and that. And, and it, that's a wonderful promise in there if you read through the context of what's happening there. But then we read passages like these five verses that we read in Luke 6, and we're like, really, Jesus, that's what you expect of me, and that's what you want from me? It's hard. But his way is better than our way. His best for your life is better than the best you could ever generate on your own. So we have to surrender ourselves, and that's the starting point. It starts with surrender. We have to surrender our relationships, and that's really hard. Because life is built on relationships. Whether you are an extrovert or an introvert, life is built on relationships. It's hard to surrender that. It's hard to be kind to people that don't deserve it. It's hard to pray for our enemies. And let me just say this about, about marriage. And this is going to poke its head into, into marriage relationships because I think most of us can understand it. Um, we spend a lot of energy and time trying to change other people. 
you know what the Bible says? That the Holy Spirit is the only one that can change people. And if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage relationship trying to change the other person, it's never going to work. Meaning that you're never going to be able to change them. They're going to have to change themselves. They're going to have to allow God to change them. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can change people, and we're not good at his job. Okay, I'm hopping down off the soapbox, sorry. This is what happens when I'm gone for two weeks and don't speak, because stuff builds up inside of me, and then it comes out, and I get in trouble, and I say things that, anyway. Here's the last one, and then we're going to wrap up. Not only do we have to surrender our, ourself, we have to surrender our relationships. We need to surrender our sin. And listen, sin, sin is damaging across the board, and it looks different for different people. What you struggle with probably isn't what your neighbor struggles with. The sin that you're trying to battle and overcome probably isn't, isn't what um, maybe your spouse is dealing with or your kids are dealing with. But can I tell you this? Sin is sin regardless of what it is. And so we have to surrender our sin and say, God, I, I want you to work in my life. I want you to shape and mold me into a new person, into who you want me to be. Romans 6.11 says this, So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Before Jesus, sin controlled your life. And, and you could try to be the best person. You could be the best neighbor, the best spouse, the best friend, the best child. You could, do, you could work with all your effort, but you could never conquer the power of sin in your life. And then here comes Jesus on the cross. And he says, hey, would you consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin? And here's the, the opposite side of that. Alive to God through what Christ Jesus has done. And so it comes to just surrendering our will and we surrender our ways to God. And we say, God, would you, would you just, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm just laying it at your feet. I'm giving you all of who I am. Not perfect. I don't always check every box. I don't always do every relationship right. I sometimes fall and fail, but God, I'm, I'm surrendering all of who I am to you because I want you to work in my life and I want my life to be the best that it possibly can be. And my life will be the best life when I am living a kingdom life for him. Let me wrap up with this story. In Papua New Guinea, um, in, in the history of that area and that country, they would work themselves into a frenzy as, as, as groups of people with song and with dance. And they would, they, would, they, would, they would just go crazy. And what these songs were called in the history of this, of this area in this country was they were called murder songs. And here's what would happen. They would work themselves into this frenzy where they were dancing and singing and, 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 and as a group. And they would shout before their gods the names of the people that they wanted to kill as a part of this tradition as a part of what they did. Well, fast forward a few years, the missionaries come along to this area of, of the world, and they share the message and the hope of Jesus. They share the gospel with them, and they're, they're seeing people converted. And so when this group of people would come together, they would sing these songs some more, and they would dance some more, but they'd no longer shout the names of the people that they wanted to kill, they shouted the sins that they hated in their life. And I tell you that story in, in that illustration just to say this. Um, 
There is victory found in our surrender. There's beauty and there's power found in our surrender. And if you're going to live the best life that you can, not what society says, hey, are you living your best life, but what God came to give us. And that original scripture that we looked at from John 10.10, that rich and satisfying life, and that may have nothing to do with what we possess in this world materialistically. It has everything to do with what God's doing inside of us and how he's working through us. But if you want want to live your best life, the starting point isn't what society says. The starting point is what God's word says, and it starts with surrender. And so I want you just to close your eyes with me this morning. There's a reason that when Jesus was teaching us as his followers to pray, he was teaching his disciples, those closest to him, how to pray and what prayer looked like, that as a part of that, he prayed, Heavenly Father, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so many times we replace, Father, your kingdom come with God we want our kingdom to come we want our will to be done right now in our timing surrender is all about saying God I'm surrendering all of who I am to your will and to your ways and listen you may be here today you may be listening to this later and you've you've committed your life to Jesus You've invited him into your life. You've asked for forgiveness for your sins. You've experienced the, the, the initial impact of salvation. But you've never surrendered all your wills and your ways to him. Or maybe you have in the past and, and something got in the way and, and you were distracted or, or maybe defeated by something that life threw your way and, and you just kind of lost that focus. And today is a day where you can kind of re-up that commitment. Say, God, I... I I am surrendering who I am to you. I'm surrendering my future to you. I'm surrendering my career to you. I'm surrendering my relationships to you. I'm surrendering myself, my sin, the things that keep me from experiencing all that you want to do in my life. I'm surrendering it to you, God, your will and your ways above my own. We pray that, and then we begin to live that out. And as we're living it out, we begin to experience, and not in the ways that we think, probably. We get to experience what Jesus said to us in John 10, 10, that he's come that we might have abundant life. Because he doesn't just save us for heaven, he saves us for right now, for what he wants to do in us and through us. And so if you're here today, and you just would be honest enough to say, um, I, I need a restart. I need a fresh start. I need a reset, whatever you want to call it, of, of surrendering myself to who God is and how he wants to work in my life, of surrendering my will and my ways to him and saying, God, I, I, I want your will and your ways above what I want. And then I'm going to trust you as I live that out. And if that's where you are today, as we enter into this new year, we're already seven days in, 
that's where you're at, would you just lift your hand up? And, and this isn't for me because it's dark in here. I don't, I can't even see. I just see hands. It's tough to see faces and people. But if, if you say, God, I, I'm, I'm just going to surrender who I am to you in a fresh way, in a new way, because, because I, I want to I, I live a life that you say is best for me. Would you put your hand up and we're going to pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the hands that are up all over this room. God, I pray that you would help us um, surrender to you the things that get in our way of our relationship to you. That we would just, we would surrender it all because we trust you, because you're good. Because you're loving. And because you've asked us to do this. And we can't see into the future like you. We don't know what tomorrow brings or next week or next month or next year. But God, we know you enough and your track record is good enough that we trust you. We can put our full faith and trust in you. God, would you be pleased with our lives? Would you be pleased with our comings and our goings? Would you be pleased with the words that come from our mouth? God, your will and your way is not our own. We surrender that to you right now. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for what you're going to do in us. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in the life of our church and how you're going to use us um, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of business. We want to do all that we can to shine your light. We love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you just quietly stand with me? And I just want to encourage you. We've talked about it a little bit in the message. You heard, you heard it announced as well. Um, we're going to give you some tools for the coming week of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday, going through the following Sunday. Um, and uh, every, every night through that week, Monday through Friday, we're going to open up the church for an, kind of an hour-long prayer service, so to speak. It'll be led by myself or one of our elders each night, Monday through Friday of not this week, but starting next week um, for us just to come and be together. And I know, listen, the calendar is busy, but if you can make it one or all those nights, any of those nights, come and join us and be a part of it. But we're going to put some tools into your hand next week to help you with maybe what fasting what, what fasting and prayer is. I think when they're joined together, God is pleased and it moves the heart of God in a way that is beneficial for us. Um, and it just shows our our commitment to him. And so we're doing this as a church together. I'm, I, we're not going to tell you what you should fast. Um, that's a decision that you make. And, and maybe it's something you want to be in prayer about this week. God, what do you want me to fast? And I, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's meals. Maybe it's a type of food. Um, whatever it is, I, I believe God. If you if you honestly come to God and say, God, I want to I, I want to be a part of this, and I want to show my commitment and my love to you. I want you to I want you to work in my life. I believe He's going to answer that that prayer and that request. And so just ask Him, and uh, we'll have some prayer focuses to give you throughout the week, um, starting next Sunday. We'll have those for you. You'll see them on social media as well. But if you're fasting social media, that may be tough. Um, so we'll. Uh, We'll, um, we'll get them to you some, in, in some other ways as well. But you'll hear, from, you'll hear about that next Sunday. But um, I, I just, I'm asking you to do something. Maybe you're a veteran of prayer and fasting and it's, wow, it's, 
It's a it's kind of second nature to you. You do it throughout the year. Join us. Maybe it's your first time ever. Um, uh, you know, I, it, it, it it's always amazing to me to uh, to uh, just to see what what God calls people to fast and how people take a step of faith. And I think He really honors that. And He'll He'll maybe work in your life in some unique ways that week. So plan to join us and be a part of that. Um, I'm excited about 2024. I'm glad that you're a part of it. Thank you for being here today. And let me just pray a prayer of blessing on us as we leave this, this morning. Heavenly Father, um, would you just go with us? Thankfully, your Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And uh, would you uh, enable us to live in a way that pleases you? Uh, would you um, bring people into our path? Whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's coworkers, whether it's classmates, whether it's strangers, would you bring people into our path that we can just share who you are with? That the light that you have um, put inside of us, it would just show by our actions and our words. And it would create conversations and opportunities to share Jesus. Because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people looking for something to base their life off of. Something bigger than themselves. And they don't know what that is. But God, we know that it's you. And so help us to do that. Would you, uh, would you walk with us as we go? And um, we just thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done, for your faithfulness to us, and God, for what you're going to continue to do. We want your will and your ways for our lives. We want your will and your ways for Hope Church. And uh, we know that um, you will work all those things out as we surrender. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And uh, we will see you again soon. Thank you.